We're joining this segment. Well, all right, up until 7.30 by State Representative Tim Butler. Tim, good morning to you. And, uh, uh, good morning as well. Yeah, I, I, I know I promised that we're going to spend a good chunk of this time talking baseball, because I think we should, you know, because I'm... <laughs> uh, definitely. I mean, definitely got to do that. Tim is probably one of the best Sliders fans in the world, so there you go. We'll talk, uh, but, though, about Major Leagues coming up here in just a little bit. But uh, first, we're going to get to the business du jour. And uh, yesterday, of course, the governor uh, laid out some new plans uh, with the in terms of reporting coronavirus and segmenting the state out into 11 different sections, something that uh, the the Republican contingency of the state assembly had been asking for and one of the things for a long time. Are you satisfied with what he had to say? Well, you know, I, I got to say, I mean, this is this is a, one of the reasons why we've been very vocal in this um, for, for a few months now, the fact that we thought the regions were too large. Uh, we let the, the governor know that loudly, and I'm glad to to see that he listened to us uh, and breaking down the state into 11 regions. The the region that we're here uh, in Sangamon County had been the central region, which went from Quincy all the way over to Danville, and now that's basically cut in half, which I think is is a good thing to do. I think it it uh, helps us handle the the virus better locally. It doesn't lump in wide swaths of the state with each other that really have nothing to do with each other. And so, you know, I think uh, I give the governor credit for, for making that move. Uh, it probably uh, uh, took a, a little chunk out of his pride to admit that uh, maybe they made a mistake on having the the uh, regions too large from the beginning. But I give him credit for, for making the change. Uh, and I also, you know, have to say, I mean, he seemed to lay out at least a little bit of, of um, metrics on how uh, a region would move backwards. And we've been asking that question for a while as well, because he really didn't have a standard on how a region could potentially move backwards. Um, we know how to move forward. He laid that out very clearly. Uh, and currently we're in his phase four, but moving backwards was something that we didn't know a lot about. And he, and he laid that out a little bit yesterday, which uh, which I think helps everyone plan. And I think um, there probably needs to be more flushed out with that, but at least uh, I think it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I, I like the planning part of it, too, because obviously this is going to be huge. We've got schools uh, sitting down, and, and yesterday uh, Jim talked to Scott McFarland about what's going on with District 186. we got the plans from Riverton, kind of a blend here, but we really do need that guidance from the governor or someplace uh, to, to, to get schools rolling. Otherwise, we probably might have to shut them down again pretty quickly. Yeah, I've heard from so many parents, from from so many school teachers, from so many administrators, with their concerns about the fall, especially parents. I mean, everyone wants their kids to be back in in, in school learning for a variety of reasons, not the least of which that's the best way for for kids to learn. And probably on top of that, I think I think a lot of parents realize they don't they don't want to be teachers because it's a tough job. Um, and I, I uh, you know, we need a lot. Schools are complex because we have, you know, hundreds of them across the state, hundreds of school districts across the state. And it's, it's a variety of regulations that come from, a, you know, an elected local school board that has a lot of say combined with state regulations that go into it and even some federal regulations that might go into it as well. And so it's a it's a web of things that we have to figure out here. But but I'm, I'm one who's always believed, and I believe this in this case as well, that the decisions are school, for schools are, are served best by their locally elected boards and their administrators and things like that. And I think the governor's team needs to realize that, that 
while we need some standards from the state level, we got to give we got to give local schools the flexibility to do what they can to to teach their kids as well. I mean, I mean, when you think of the 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 variance and just the layout in schools across the state, you know, not not two school buildings are the same layout. So, um, you know, just trying to figure out all the distancing requirements and all that kind of stuff can can be difficult. So, I think this is going to be a real challenge for us. Uh, here we are in the middle of July. You know, we've got a month to go basically until schools are supposed to reopen, and and I think it's going to be a real challenge for us. And I think we're we're going to be continuing to deal with it through the through the fall. State Representative Tim Butler is with us on News Talk ninety four point seven and nine seventy WMAY. And yesterday, I was surprised, Representative, that the the governor didn't backtrack on. You know, pretty much he came out saying that we were going to open schools in the fall, and he did that pretty early. And of course, President Trump has made this a huge thing, uh, talking about uh, going as far as uh, threatening uh, funds away from schools that don't open this fall. And all of a sudden, it sounded like the governor was backtracking a little bit on that, especially with his warning to school districts about the social distance and the fact that if the guidelines are not followed, that schools open themselves up to lawsuits. Uh, were you surprised that the governor didn't uh, reverse his uh, course yesterday and just say flat out that uh, uh, maybe discourage schools from opening? Well, I, I think it'd be very difficult to, for the governor or anyone to discourage schools from opening. And, and I think, you know, it's when you look at what's going on since we've moved into phase four and we have seen a rise in in cases and people testing positive but we've also seen a rise uh, in the testing capability but for me when you know when you don't see a huge surge in the number of people who are hospitalized which which we really haven't seen i mean sangamon today we have even though our cases are up over the last couple weeks you know we only have three people in the hospital here in sangamon county so you know i think as we move through this we have to continue to evaluate where the trouble spots are, where the hot spots are, and where, where the real impact is. And, I mean, we certainly have to pay attention to this, but, but you know, I, I think just because people are testing positive, uh, you know, isn't necessarily the only reason why we need to, uh, you know, crack down on schools or, or things like that. I, I, I think – we have to do everything we can to try to make sure that, that students have in school learning this year to the, to the best amount possible because that's the best way to, for kids to learn. And, and I think it has to be a very high bar to, to not have kids to, to, to be there in their schools this fall. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you take a look at what's going on with the what the professors are saying, you know, as far as uh, at home learning, you know, being significantly different and, and talking about uh, we are really setting our kids back in the curve by not having them in the classroom. It's almost imperative that you have to come up with with ways to get this done rather than ways to not do it. And, and that's that that that's where my concern lies and all of that. I, I don't know. Well, there's I mean, there's all sorts of challenges, as we know, with 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 remote learning, um, attention, uh, access to, you know, quality access to the internet, just the resources provide. I mean, there's, uh, there, there's all sorts of issues that you have to deal with that, that you don't have in the setting when, when the child goes to school every day. All right. It's 7.20 right now. When we come back, we're going to talk baseball here because we promised, right? <laughs> State awesome. Tim Butler is coming up next on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Visiting with State Representative Tim Butler. And all right, we're shifting gears completely right now. Uh, this 60-game season, Tim, is this worth watching or not? Oh, I, you know, I, I think it's worth watching just because I miss 
baseball so much. You know, I've I've watched a few of these Korean baseball games that's been that have been on TV, and and uh, I think not not having people in the stands or, or putting cardboard cutouts of people in the stands is, is a bit odd. Uh, and sometimes it's kind of like uh, watching uh, going to watch a practice or something like that. But you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm all for trying to trying to get uh, get some more sports on TV, and uh, because so many of us who are sports fans uh, miss it. So I'm looking forward to it, and um, you know, I'm sure the players are as well. And, and hopefully, you know, I just I just hope Major League Baseball can have a good product for it, and they don't have too many problems uh, over those uh, 60 games. Yeah, I, I I am I am a tinge excited about this. Only you know, I'm not real happy about the 60 game season, and I think it's kind of a joke because if you go into a slump, you're probably out of the playoffs. But then again, there's a million teams in the playoffs this year, so it's kind of a mess. But what I'm excited about is you know teams that have good hitting and thin pitching, like the Minnesota Twins. They, you got a shot at it when you only have to go through 60 games. It seemed like you know our pitching was fantastic last year until about June, July, and then it started to fall apart. But we still the big bats and we won the central you know i'm thinking with a, a short season this has got to help the pitching staffs go a little farther huh well and i saw who you know what, what did i see the other day somebody was talking about having one of their pitchers going on three days rest the entire the entire 60 game season um uh you know so that's yeah. something that you could see happen and i think the other cool thing very honestly look i'm not a fan of the designated hitter uh it is what it is but i think having these divisions where you've got you know, the two central divisions that are going to be playing against each other. So you're going to see the, the Cubs and the Sox and the Cardinals and the Indians and the Twins and the Brewers all playing in the same division, I think is a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. I mean, it'll be the first time that I think the Indians have been back to Wrigley Field since the World Series. So, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff is, is pretty cool. Um, but it's, you know, it's going to be different. Um, I, you know, I've, I'm a NASCAR fan as well, and I and I've been watching most of the races since they've been backing on. And that that's that's one sport at least where it doesn't seem to make a huge difference during the event itself of yeah. whether there's a crowd or not. But afterwards, when the drivers get out of the car, it's a little weird. Yeah, know? right, right. There's, there's no cheering there or anything. Like that. There's just a couple of golf claps or whatever going on, and that's it. But uh, you know, you know, when you look at the baseball season coming up, as you mentioned, the 60 games and and being empty. Here's the thing I worry about. I think like in a Wrigley Field setting, you're going to still see a ton of people showing up outside of the stadium. I don't know how you're going to socially distance, uh, you know, you know the the streets around the ballpark because I, I would think especially in left field, you know, where people are going to want to catch a home run ball that that clears the stands completely. You know, I would think there'd be a ton of people congregating there. I wonder how they're going to deal with that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And obviously the bars, you know, you look at Murphy's Bleachers or, um, you know, the Cubby Bear, stuff like that. You know, you're going to have people coming out and, and you know, the, the owners of those facilities are going to have to manage that. You know, they at Wrigley, they usually, I mean, they have the ability now to kind of block off Sheffield and Waveland, you know, or, or manage the crowds in there. And I do know that the rooftops uh, are going to be open um, with the capacity limits in, in those buildings. Oh, really? So, I didn't know about yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. So, so the, the rooftops will actually be open and, um, uh, but I think it's they're they're limiting them to like forty people yeah. or something like that in, in the entire place. It'll probably um, be ten so, grand a ticket too. I would think. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's um, but, I mean, I, I think I think you make a good point because some of these. I mean, you look at Bush Stadium. 
um, you know, yeah. you can look right down in the stadium from from the street, just outside the center field. That's a great there, point. So. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that was one of the features that Camden Yards had, and that everybody, yep. you know, obviously they loved the old school stadium. But one of the things that everybody raved about when Camden Yards opened in the early '90s was the fact that you could look in like that. And so, a lot of these stadiums are designed that way. So, yeah, I think you're going to have some congregation problems there. Yeah, and that's obviously that's going to be up to local officials to manage, and you know, by state. Whatever their state requirements are, they, they vary by state as well. So, you know, what we have here in Illinois is going to be different from other other states that they're, they're playing uh, they're playing baseball in as well. But you know, at the end of the day, I think most of us are going to be sitting at home watching it on TV anyway. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, but it'll be a welcome relief, I think, a little bit. I, I don't know, you know, the, 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 you know, I always say that I'm never going to watch it, blah, 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 and I end up watching it. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm addicted. I'm, yeah. So I'm not even going there, you know, as far as that goes. But I'm not. I I, I haven't missed sports as much as I thought I would. I've I, I'm, I'm I'm beginning to wonder. About I have that. to say, I, I am actually watching less TV now than I did. Pre pre Corona, which is yeah. pretty amazing to think that you know everything's been completely changed on on its head. But but hey, my my yard's doing pretty good, so I'll be happy with that. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's just it too. This NBA bubble too, and I'm already hearing about uh, women sneaking in there. And of course, oh gee, I don't know why you'd have that. You have a bunch of young guys there, you know, that are millionaires that that are yeah, that are exactly. away from their families or whatever. Why wouldn't exactly. they? Why wouldn't they have women sneaking in there or whatever? I don't know if that's going to work. And I was telling you off air too that I, I had a chance very early in my career to sit court side for the Milwaukee Bucks and there is a lot of swearing that goes on during an NBA (laughs) game I don't know how they're going to bleep that out you know that's going to well and I've watched I've watched some of the soccer that's been on too you know like the English Premier League and stuff like that and I mean you definitely hear the players and the coaches because uh, I mean, if you've got any sort of field microphones there, they're gonna they're gonna pick that stuff up, and and I think you're exactly right. There's gonna be a lot of seven second pauses or whatever whatever they do to hit the hit the button. To, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. To, to Maybe there'll be it, no yeah. audio. They'll just they'll just they'll just have that on the announcers and nothing on the court. You won't hear anything. I don't know, but uh, yeah, exactly. Crazy. Well, Tim, listen, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, especially talking sports with me. We'll have to do that again, you know, because people need Sounds to know. Sounds good. I appreciate it. All right, uh, talk to you later. State Representative Thanks. Tim Butler.